Welcome in to Lockdown Blackhawks for Friday, November 22nd, 2019. This is episode 40 of Locked On Blackhawks. Jay Zawoski here. Thank you so much for your support through these 40 shows. Uh, every day that goes by, I get more and more overwhelmed by the support and the download numbers and all that fun stuff. So thank you all so much for being with me through these first 40 shows. Truth be told, it is very late when I'm recording this. I went to a concert on Thursday night, went and saw the last Waltz 40-year re- reunion it was a great show. It was a four-hour show. So I came home. I caught the Hawks game on DVR, and I have some thoughts about the game. The Hawks lose 4-2 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Dominic Kubelik is scratched in favor of Slater Cuckoo, the seventh defenseman, so he could play against his old, his old team. Oh, yeah. We will be talking about that. Trust me. Oh, boy. Lots to get to in this game, but first, got to tell you always how to get in touch with the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, wherever you find your podcasts, you will find Locked on Blackhawks. We are, of course, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Tweet us at LO underscore Blackhawks. Send an email, LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail, 708-653-0572. Remember, Talk Back Tuesday. I need those email responses and voicemails by Monday afternoon so I can record Tuesday's podcast. So get those questions in this weekend. Should be a lot to talk about as the Hawks play the Dallas Stars next on Saturday, tomorrow. But let's get to this game against the Lightning. And a 4-2 loss and a game that was pretty even. For the most part, you saw two teams that were pretty evenly matched. Tampa gets out to the one nothing lead in the first period. Just a perfect shot finds its way through past Ryan Carpenter and eventually past uh, Corey Crawford. Sergachev shot from the point just sort of found its way almost like it was a seeing eye puck. Really unbelievable. Then Brent Seabrook scores a crazy goal off uh, McElhaney's back from the goal line. Then Tampa scores twice. Strom scores on the empty net with uh, way over two minutes left. And then the empty netter with one minute to go by Cedric Paquette. And the Hawks lose 4-2. Um, not too upset about the way this game went. But how it feels, again, is a missed opportunity. The one thing that really stood out to me in this game, before we get to the bizarre roster decision by, by Jeremy Cowlton, lots of turnovers. And look, the game against Carolina was super sloppy. Nothing was going right. Every pass was deflected or blocked or off the mark. It was a little better against Tampa last night. But still, unforced errors, bad turnovers, bad pinches, that empty net goal that Tampa scored. I know Eric Gustafson is trying to be aggressive, but know the situation. If that puck gets past you, the game is over. Make the defensive play. Live to fight another day. Paquette gets past Gustafson, and it's an empty net goal, barely contested, and the game's over. So bad turnovers, some bad decision-making, but the worst decision of the night comes from Jeremy Cowden. And I'm not going to pretend like this game would have been worlds different had Dominic Kubelik played in this game. But after, you know, so... Like I told you, I watched the game on delay, and I'm watching the game. I'm like, wait a minute. 
Cuckoo's in. Who's out on defense? So I'm watching, like, trying to find out who's out on defense. I don't want to open Twitter and spoil the game. When the game gets spoiled to me, it sucks and I can't deal with it. And I just get disheartened. <laughs> and like, I already know what's gonna happen in this game. This sucks. I don't wanna I don't wanna sit through it now because I know I know the outcome. So I, I try to avoid all that. So I start the game from the start, don't look at anything. Colleton said he wanted to get Slater Cuckoo in against his former team. What? It's Slater Cuckoo. What has Slater Cuckoo done to earn the blessing of playing against his old team. That's ridiculous. It's not like Mark Messier playing against the Oilers for the first time. It's Slater Cuckoo. He's unworthy of that move. And then Cowan goes on to say, well, Patrick Kane's been playing so well. I wanted to get him some more shifts. You're already skating Patrick Kane into the ground. Patrick Kane played 2752. Last night, 27-52. That's insane. And he had a great game. Eight shots on goal, two, uh, one block shot, one miss shot. Yeah, you put Patrick Kane out there and good things are going to happen. But it's an 82-game season. I I don't know, man. Th- this is, you know, and, and Kane gets his 600th assist of his career. Congratulations to him, by the way. Um, and the point streak continues at 11 games. Great. I don't want to take away from that. But what are we doing here? Why are we rewarding Slater Cuckoo with a game against his old team? That's bizarre. That's That doesn't make any sense. And, and again, Dominic Kubelik is not going to be the difference in the win or the loss in this game. Okay? And Patrick Kane played great with the extra ice time he got. There's no doubt about it. You've got to think ahead of just last night. There's 60 games to go now. And you're going to play Patrick Kane 28 minutes in November? For what? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Maybe I'm overreacting. I don't think I am. I really don't. It's it just, come on. And the other thing, if you're going to do a favor for a player, you do that when you're either way out of it or you've got a big lead built up. Every point the Blackhawks can get from here for the next 60 games is crucial. If this team is going to make the playoffs, they have to put themselves in the best position to win every night. Guess what? You can play Dominic Kubelik and still skate Patrick Kane 28 minutes if you really think you have to. But now you've got Lines that are jumbled all over the place. Defensive pairings that are jumbled all over the place. Things had been working. Yeah, the Carolina game was a road bump. But now you're going to take out a forward and put in a defenseman to play against his old team? What are we doing here? And I know some of the pressure came off Calton when he won four in a row and took points in five or six or took game, points in six straight games. This is idiotic. This is not the sort of thing you do when you're a team in the in the Blackhawks state. They're not the kind of team that can have quirky little fun things to keep the season light or to keep guys happy. 
put the best players on the ice, put the best lines together, and try to win games. Get cute later. I don't want to see cuteness in the regular season. You go ahead and take a big lead in the Central Division, go nuts. But until then, coach like your job depends on it, because guess what? It does. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. It's Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day as we do after every loss. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. As we do after every Blackhawks game, we're going to go over the pluses and minuses. Hawks lose 4-2 to the Lightning. Let's get to the pluses. First plus of the game goes to Patrick Kane, who extends his point streak to 11 games, picks up his 600th career assist, played 27-52 of ice time with eight shots on goal. One of his shots was blocked and another one was missed. Tremendous game from him. I thought Jonathan Taves had a really solid game last night as well. He had an assist. He was a plus two. Five shots on goal, another shot attempt blocked, one missed, three hits, and he won 54% of his faceoffs. Also want to shout out Andrew Shaw with an assist and a plus two as well. Standing up for the captain after a hit in the first period. Didn't like that and let the Lightning know about it. That's something that the Hawks don't haven't done a lot historically over the years. They sort of let those things go, and, and I understand that. They're, they've been a highly skilled team in the past, and they you know, they have guys that can fend for themselves, obviously, but somebody takes a run at Jonathan Taves. Uh, I don't mind going back at him and trying to remind him, like, hey, that's the captain. Chill out. All right? Just why don't you take pump the brakes a little bit, and uh, you know, let's not do that again. Another plus goes to Corey Crawford. Uh, I was not super thrilled with the way he was seeing the puck. Um, there were a couple that he was sort of waving at, but overall I think he played a really solid game uh, as he's been doing for most of the season. So stop 31 of the 34 shots against him. That fourth goal was scored obviously on an empty netter, but a solid game for Corey Crawford. One more plus goes to Brent Seabrook for scoring a goal. He started to pick up the offense a little bit. We talk about ice time. Brent Seabrook only played 12.07 of ice time. Aside from Slater Cuckoo, who just had to get in there, he's got to play. Cuckoo played 8.14. Uh, Brent Seabrook was the second lowest in ice time with 12.07. So uh, made the best of his ice time, and maybe that's the way to do it here with Brent Seabrook going forward. Limit his ice time, cherry pick his shifts, and uh, put him in a better position than trying to play him, you know, 16, 17, 18 minutes a game. At this point in his career, maybe it's best to treat him as a sixth defenseman because that's kind of what he is. Now let's get to the minuses. First minus goes to Jeremy Cowlton for overthinking or underthinking, however you want to define what he did last night by scratching Dominic Kubalik and playing Slater Cuckoo for eight minutes so he can get revenge against his old team or something. Very, very strange. Also a bad idea 
to wear out your most valuable player in the late stages of November. Um, if they're going to push for a playoff spot, they're going to need Patrick Kane to be part of things, and I don't think wearing his ass out in the second month of the season is the right thing to do. 24 minutes a night, fine. 28, no. Too much. And again, he had a really good game. And if you look at it in the vacuum of one game, like, look, it worked. He was great. Fine. Let's see how that pays off in you know February, March, and April when the Hawks need to pick up all these points, and Patrick Kane is absolutely out of gas. Didn't like it. Didn't want it to happen. Bad move for Jeremy Colleton. Now let's go down to the number line as we do after every game on Locked On Blackhawks. I have some breaking news, Blackhawks fans. The Chicago Blackhawks finished over 50% in Corsi rating. That's right. The Blackhawks had a 52-51 to 51 shot attempt advantage against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Thursday night. That's a 50.49 Corsi 4 percentage. It's been a long time since the Blackhawks had the edge in Corsi. So, small victories, I suppose, we could talk about. High danger scoring chances, 50-50. 8-8. This was a very even game. It could have gone either way. However... The Blackhawks played the Lightning, who were without Nikita Kucherov and without Steven Stamkos for the last two periods. We talk about missed opportunities. That's what we're talking about. You had a struggling Lightning team missing their two best players for significant portions of the game or the entire game, and you couldn't capitalize. Frustrating. It's frustrating. Get the win. I know it's not that simple, but come on. Taking a look at the individual leaders for the Blackhawks. Uh, leader in Corsi, Alex Dabrinkit, 70%. 14 shot attempts for, 6 against. Dylan Strom, 66.67. Both these guys, a nice bounce back from the game against Carolina. It was 14-7 with Strom on the ice. Jonathan Taves, 63.16. He continues to thrive in the possession numbers, 24 Shot attempts four with Taves on the ice, 14 against. Andrew Shaw, Eric Gustafson, and Calvin DeHaan, all 60% or higher. Brandon Saad, Patrick Kane, Brent Seabrook, Olimata, all above 50%. Low man on the totem pole for the Hawks, Ryan Carpenter with a 26.92 Corsi percentage. That's seven shot attempts for 19 against the bottom five for the Blackhawks. Last night were Carpenter, Smith, Camp, Doc, and Murphy. Slater Cuckoo right above him there with a 41.67 Corsi 4 percentage. Worth playing him, I think. Yep, that was a really smart thing to do. So there it is. There's the numbers of this game. Uh, Look, as frustrating as it is, you can't help but be encouraged by the bounce back. It's a game they could have won. They didn't win it. Moral victories don't count. Moral victories don't get you points. And it's extra frustrating when your head coach is the one you sort of feel is costing you points, but the Blackhawks were in it last night. And if they play games going forward like they played last night, they'll be in pretty good shape. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. While it is not game day on Friday, the Blackhawks have a big game 
on Saturday. So let's go behind enemy lines and scout Saturday's opponent, the Dallas Stars. The Stars are third overall in the Central Division. They are 13-8-2 with 28 points in 23 games played. They are plus 14 in goal differential. The Blackhawks are fifth in the Central, 9-9-4 overall. 22 points in 22 games. They are a minus two in goal differential. By the way, a term I use, games in hand, a couple of people reached out and said they hadn't heard that term before. Apologies for that. Games in hand means they've played that many fewer games than th their opponent. So if the, the Stars have played uh, 20, what, 24 games? 23 games, I'm sorry. And the Blackhawks have played 22, so the Blackhawks have one game in hand on the Dallas Stars, if that makes sense. So whatever, you know, however many fewer games the team has than their opponent, that's how many games in hand they have. Hope that makes sense. Over their last 10, the Dallas Stars are 9-0-1. They are coming off a 6-1 win over the Vancouver Canucks. The Blackhawks 6-3-1 over their last 10. Looking at the metrics in Corsi 5-on-5 five five rating, the Dallas Stars are 19th overall with a 49.69 percentage. That's 600, I'm sorry, 969 shot attempts for, 981 shot attempts against. The Blackhawks are 29th with a 46.32 Corsi 4 percentage, 931 shot attempts for, 1,079 shot attempts against. High danger scoring chances, the Dallas Stars are 4th overall in the NHL. With 188 for, 156 against, that's 54.65%. The Blackhawks 29th overall with a 45.37 percentage. 186 high danger chances for, 224 high danger chances against for the Chicago Blackhawks. When we look at the scoring leaders for each team, here are the top five Dallas Stars. All of these stats in 23 games played. Tyler Sagan. Six goals, 13 assists for 19 points. Miro Heiskanen, six goals, 11 assists for 17 points. Jamie Benn, five goals, eight assists for 13 points. Radek Faska, six goals, six assists for 12 points. And Joe Pavelski, five goals and seven assists for 12 points. For the Blackhawks, all of these are 22 games played except Kirby Dock. Patrick Kane leads the Hawks with 11 goals, 18 assists, for 29 points, Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrinkett tied identically 5-12-17 for both of those guys. Brandon Saad has 6 goals, 7 assists for 13 points. Jonathan Taves, 4 goals, 8 assists for 12 points. And in 16 games, Kirby Dock is 6 on the team in scoring with 5 goals and 5 assists for 10 points. So another challenging game coming up for the Blackhawks, another hugely important game coming up for the Blackhawks on Saturday night. The Dallas Stars are red hot, and they are the team the Blackhawks play the next two games against, Saturday night and Tuesday night. They need to win at least one of those. Then next week, they play Colorado Friday and Saturday. Then the next Monday, it's the St. Louis Blues. So the Hawks have... Five consecutive divisional games coming up. All of them are hugely important if they want to get back in this race. I mentioned on Wednesday morning's podcast that not only did that Carolina game hurt because the Blackhawks lost, every team in the division won that night.
and pulled further ahead of the Blackhawks. So now they've got an opportunity to go head-to-head against some of the teams they're chasing. They need to at least get a split with Dallas and at least get a split with Colorado or takes four of those eight points. That would be not ideal. You'd want to take at least, ideally, six of those eight. Well, ideally, it would be eight of eight by definition. But six of eight would be a good thing. I feel like splitting that series, however they do it, they've got to take two of those four. I definitely think so. That's hugely important. And hopefully their head coach doesn't get in their way and try to get cute and have, oh, I'm going to have you play against your former teammates. What? No. I don't want to lose sight of that. That's such a dumb, frustrating thing to have seen when I got home from that concert last night. Had a good time at the concert. Was looking forward to coming home. I'm off work on Friday. Going to come home, watch the game, not worry about staying up late. Then I see that. Like, why is Sleater Cuckoo out here? What? Who's scratched? Everyone's in on defense. Then I see after the game, Jeremy Cowan said, yeah, I wanted to scratch Dominic Kubalik, who's healthy, so Sleater Cuckoo could play against his own old team. Come on, man. Remember, you're two weeks removed. Two weeks removed from almost getting fired. And this is the crap you're pulling. That's really not great. It's really, really frustrating. All right. That's going to do it for Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you for tuning in. Again, episode 40 is in the books. Thank you all so much for participating. Thank you for the feedback. Those of you who have left reviews and have rated the podcast, I really appreciate it. Please tell a friend. Let them know. I'm sure you got a lot of uh, friends that are hockey fans. Let them know about Lockdown Blackhawks. We'd love to have them on board. And remember, Tuesday is Talk Back Tuesday, but I need those submissions by Monday afternoon. Please send some voicemails. It sounds so good when your guys' voices are on the show. 708-653-0572. If you just want to send a voice memo from your phone, just record it and send it to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Send me a tweet at LO underscore Blackhawks, but we want to get other voices on the show. This is a solo show. It's one voice for a half hour every day. Nobody wants to hear that. Let's break it up with your voices, with your thoughts. Let's do it. All right, so 708-653-0572. I'm challenging my listeners to submit some quality voicemails. I will answer them on Tuesday's Talk Back Tuesday segment. With that, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Jay Zawoski, hoping you have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.